It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Go to FetchMeDelivery.com or use the free Fetch Me app. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Zach Blackerby and Michael Papp is here with you on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Auburn. Hello, sir. Hello, Zach. How are you today? I'm good. Once again, we're in the studio that I do not enjoy broadcasting out of, mm. but here we are. So if that's Palatio Studio, Palatial Studio A, yes. what is this? This is Cram Studio C. Studio B is much more crammed. That's true, but I, I like the mic levels much better in Studio B, even though there's only one chair in there and we kind of have to do this awkward thing when we record in there, mm-hmm. but it's fine. It's fine. Hey, speaking of uh, awkward things, New Mexico got killed last night. They did. Yeah, of course, Auburn basketball won 84 to 59. It was not that close. I agree. I agree. And especially when you consider how slow of a start Auburn Mm -hmm. had. I mean, both sides looked bad early, but New Mexico looked less bad in the first five minutes of the game. But then after that, it was all Auburn. It was all Auburn. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, they scored over 80 points against a good New Mexico team. But in a weird way, they scored 84 points with their defense. I mean, they forced 24 turnovers. It's hard to beat that. And they really didn't shoot particularly well either. I'm not sure um, if you have the numbers right in front of you. I'm going to look them up right now. I've got got the important one. So Javon McCormick, I've been on him all season about how inefficient he is. He was 3 of 14. From the field, your point guard shot at 14 times. He only scored seven points. To his credit, six rebounds, six assists. Samir Dowdy, six of 12 from the floor, five of nine from three. You like the five of nine. You do not like the six of 12. He scored 19, so a lot of people are going to look past that. Isaac Okora was phenomenal. Wait, wait, wait. I'm really sorry. Five of nine from three. You love that. Six of 12 from the floor. It's a weird line, isn't it? So he was a one of three from two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, sorry. I was thinking he was like one of six from two, but one of three is more yeah. realistic. Sorry sure. about that. No, you're good, man. And then, uh, and, and you know the way he he slashes. I mean, those are contested mm-hmm. shots, so you get it. Um, Isaac Okoro was fantastic. It's always five of eight from the field. Daniel Purifoy was terrible. Three of eleven from the field. Ended up with eight points. He did a lot on the defensive side of the floor. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and, and so does McCormick. So I, he, you know, the, it it they're making. There's a reason all these guys are playing over thirty minutes a game. Yeah, Except Purif- Javon played 27 last night. I am. I, I continue to be impressed by how much Purifoy has improved just at the beginning of this year defensively. 100%. I mean, he looks. This is the first time he's looked like a legitimate basketball player. Not just some athletic freak that happened to be playing basketball. But, I mean, he, he has turned into a player, man. And it, it looks like he cares about defense now, which... Is huge, and maybe that's a team thing. Maybe that's a Bruce thing. I mean, I think that they bought in around you know April last year. They bought in like we're going to start playing defense, and so that's carried over mm-hmm. to this year. I also think Wait, he knows. Hold on, okay. It like before it would have to have been before April. Yep. Like what? Yep. <laughs> I'm thinking you know what's a what's a month close to uh, to March? I went the other way. I was like, so like just for I the meant, final. I meant February. I meant February. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to skip the last starter because I want to come back to him. 
Um, but uh, I think some notable numbers to look at from uh, from bench play: Anthony McLemore, three of four from the field, two of three from three point land, ten points. He scored ten points on four shots. You take that every day of the week, especially yep. uh, coming off the bench. And then Jamal Johnson played twelve minutes. And while I was watching the game, in my head I was thinking, man, I wish Jamal Johnson played more. But then I look at his line. His line is terrible. 12 minutes, 2 of 8 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 6 points. So when, when you got a guy that's shooting 8 times and he scores 6 points, that's not what you want. Something interesting, Alan Flanagan played 12 minutes. Turbo um, played 3 minutes. And I would like to see more of Turbo. Mm-hmm. It's important for Auburn to establish that backup point guard role. And they haven't really done that yet. Because I don't think Samir taking the ball down the court in the postseason is going to be what you want. So... We'll see. But um, I think the story of last night's game was Austin Wiley. He was incredible. Played 18 minutes, 6 of 8 from the field, 13 rebounds. He fouled out 14 points. Uh, another double-double for Austin Wiley. And I think it's the best he's looked in an Auburn uniform. I think when you look at what this guy has done and what he's battled with in regards to injury and off-the-field stuff, I think last night was incredible. He kind of looked like a baby deer when he was mm-hmm. younger at Auburn, like He's got this big, long frame. He didn't really know how to use it. And then he, like, bulked up. Yeah, he's filled out so much. He looks like he, a grown-up now. And he's actually able to move around with it. Mm-hmm. And last night, it kind of all came together to me. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. A uh, friend of the program, Justin Ferguson, tweeted out last night, Auburn center Austin Wiley is now number two nationally in defensive rebounding percentage at 36.9%. Wow. And that's per Ken Palm. So... So it's true. 40% of the time, there is a there is a rebound when Auburn's playing defense. Austin Wiley gets it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's huge. Um, Some of the other numbers I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, Auburn didn't particularly play well and won this game by 25. You talked about their defense, but the offensive side of the ball, they only shot 42% from the field. Yeah, that's going to get better. Um. 31.6% from three is not terrible. I actually thought that number the, was the worse. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but what really impressed me was that there were times when they would be shooting three or four shots per possession mm-hmm. because they kept getting offensive rebounds and kept getting you know rebounds, period. 18 assists is a great number. 14 steals and six blocks. We talked about it. 24 total turnovers for New Mexico. Just that. outrageous. Gosh, you take that. And uh, going back to the Austin Wiley... Thing. This is the first time that he didn't get less playing time than Anthony McLemore. They both got 18 minutes mm-hmm. pretty much every other game. McLemore has been getting about five or six minutes more. So I think that's worth noting. I think that's interesting. Stretch acting Bola got some playing time last night. So I think that's great for uh, for this team moving forward. So I, I just want to stress this, though, one more time. Like New Mexico is a good basketball team. Yeah. And Auburn made it look like they didn't belong. So I'm excited to see what they do against Richmond tonight. I wanted them to play Wisconsin Me just because I think it's a bigger name mm-hmm. win. But I think the folks making the decisions at the end of the year will realize I think this Richmond team's pretty good too. They're five and zero on the season, and Auburn's got a chance to get another quality win. I believe they made the tournament last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're one of those that make it a lot just because of the, the, they win their conference. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, Wisconsin's a bigger name, and if they were able to like make some noise in the Big Ten, and Auburn had beaten them. Um, it would probably look better, but hopefully this Richmond team can can do what they did last year and make the tournament. I really think they made the tournament. Someone let me know. 
And yeah, the uh, spiders. And, and like you said, though, if there was ever a game to to test out a guy like Turbo Jones, it was last night. Yes. Right. They were up by thirty-one at one point. Um, I don't know, man. I don't get it. Yeah, Turbo got three minutes. And that's just yeah, that surprises really me. Um, I you know, and I knew he would be a process just because he's so raw. Got mm-hmm. the athleticism. Just got to turn him into a basketball player. I think it's a better version of New Williams a few years ago. I know a lot of Auburn fans are just now kind of following Auburn basketball, but New Williams was a guy that he could dunk and jump out of the gym, but he wasn't a basketball player. And he kind of saw the point guards in front of him and transferred. And, you know, I think that was a wise move for him. I don't think he plays on this team either. But he's a better version of that as far as just there's a lot of raw. There's a lot of really solid clay to work with. It's just going to take some time. I'm surprised we're not seeing more, though, like like you said last night. Now is the time to try it out. I wonder if he always plays at like 1,000 miles an hour. And that's why they call him Turbo. Obviously, he's very fast. But Speaking of nicknames, we got a voicemail. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay. We got a voicemail to get to. You can call the Locked On Auburn voicemail line at 205-502-4285. Hey, guys. <laughs> Wrong one. I actually didn't mean to do that. All right, here we go. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the podcast. Uh, I had to start off a quick little uh, nickname for basketball uh, guy on the team. What do you think about? Let me get a bagel and a Samir. Yes, let's go. You can workshop it. You could just call it uh, bagel and a Samir Dowdy. You know something? Who knows? Y'all love bad nicknames. Uh, Whoa, whoa, bad nicknames. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, I think losing, losing Sherm would going into this game. Big, especially considering the only way Alabama's going to beat us is with those little slants and passing to the four or five wide receivers they have that are some of the best we've seen as a unit maybe ever. Um, other than that, it's just it's a really tough uh, iron ball because if we win, we probably keep Gus for another year. If we lose, there's a chance Gus could be gone. I don't want Gus gone. I just want him to hire an offensive coordinator. Go get a Joe Brady. Go get some help. Let go. Be our CEO. Be our head coach. I love what he's done with the program. Straightening it up. Taking kids to graduate. Changing our defense around for the first time in 15 years. But you've got to. You've got. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, win or lose. Either way, War Eagle. Let's get it done Saturday. Lost you. Uh, lost you towards the end of the call, but I think I think we got all the meat of it. But first off, I love that. I love the uh, bagel and the Samir. I think that's fantastic. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to the Iron Bowl, obviously this is a big game. You know, you can't stress that enough, and that's kind of been what we've been talking about for the last two weeks or so. So it's going to be interesting to see what Auburn does defensively. Will it do kind of what it did against LSU by just kind of staying in a dime the whole time? You know, that that three one seven type defense where you just have a bunch of defense backs on the field and say, okay, all right, here you go. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that just because Alabama's running game has come on strong over the last few games, and that's um, that puts a lot of stress on whoever's in at linebacker. In that situation, it would probably be Owen Papo. Puts a lot of stress on him to stop Najee Harris one-on-one in a lot of one-on-one situations. So we'll see. We'll see. I definitely think it presents a little bit more uh, of a challenge. Obviously, with Tua being out, it's going to affect some things. But Nick Saban spoke to the media earlier this week, and he uh, he said, quote, this is the best team we've played probably so far this year, and this will be the most challenging place we've played so far, a real challenge for our players and our team. Do you buy that? Do you think he actually thinks that playing Auburn is a tougher feat than playing LSU? I do. Really? I, I do because I don't think that they would have gone into that LSU game with any sort of fear that they couldn't score. Like, uh, I'm guessing they went in that was like, even if our defense doesn't play well, we'll probably still outscore them. And when you come to Auburn and when you play this elite Auburn defense, I, I think you have to have some doubts about that, especially when you know that, you know, a ton of these Auburn guys probably wanted scholarships to Alabama and, f- you know, have a bone to pick with Nick Saban and with the guys on that team. Yeah. The same way a lot of these guys feel about Georgia. Right. I mean, yeah, you don't need a pep talk for this game. No. Um, it, it definitely means a lot. So, yeah, and obviously they had LSU at home. They still lost to LSU. But Auburn did a much better job shutting down LSU's offense mm-hmm. and, and playing LSU than I think Alabama did, despite Alabama getting it close there at the end. And, you know, if you look at the – Two specific plays. You and I talked about this over the weekend, but you know, Tua just dropped it when it looked like he was about to run it into the end zone, which is crazy. And then, you know, Joe Burrow throws an uncharacteristic pick, and Alabama had 12 guys on the field. And an so, uncharacteristic mistake. Yeah, on, on both sides. Yeah. Both sides of the field there. So it's like if those two things go slightly different. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Also, Derek Stingley... The, the true freshman cornerback for LSU, yeah, who looks like he's going to be an All-American, had one of the worst games I've ever seen a cornerback play. He's the guy who kept getting burned by Devontae Smith for like 85-yard touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, which is also uncharacteristic. It was That was a crazy game. Uh, this game will not be like that. <laughs> you don't think so? I, I don't think this I'm is— I'm worried about the Alabama offense wearing out the Auburn defense. And I think the byproduct and the reason that would happen would be mm-hmm. Auburn offense's inability to just kind of keep drives going. Yeah. So we uh, we haven't seen that yet, though. I mean, we've seen the Auburn true. offense put up two stinkers against pretty good teams in LSU and Florida, 
I mean, pretty great teams in LSU and Florida, and stinker against Georgia as well. Yes, and but we really haven't seen the the defense really get worn out in any of those. You don't think they got tired in Florida? I think they got tired in Florida and LSU. I mean, maybe you could chalk up that the long touchdown run for Lamichael P. Ryan in Florida to the, to, to fatigue, but. I mean, it's not like any of those offenses really were having a ton of success at the like going into the end of the games. It's true. It's really? true. But the uh, my fear with it is the way that I mean they, they don't really give up drives. They give up plays. You know, they give up mm-hmm. two or three in these big ones. And I don't know if you said on the podcast or uh, or off air when we were just talking about it, but that's how Alabama scores. Yeah. And, you know, one of those has to give. And if you're telling me that, like, Alabama gets two big plays for a touchdown, I'm probably believing it. And if that's all they get, is that enough? Like, can can Bo Nick score more than 14 points? That's a great question. I think that's the question. I mean, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Friend of the program, Josh Vitale, uh, he wrote a story on the Montgomery Advertiser, looks like today. Um, okay. The tweet that goes with it, because I've burned up my free reads of Josh's stories, so all I get is his tweets. Um, Alabama has an elite group of wide receivers, lead the SEC, averaging 6.4 yards after the catch. Auburn secondary ranks third nationally, holding opposing quarterbacks to 5.6 yards per attempt. So it's like what happens when uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable mm-hmm. object. That's That's what this is. And then there's the flip side, which is... The Alabama linebackers and defensive line have not been very good this year, and the Auburn offensive line has not been very good in run blocking this year. Yeah. So on one side, you've got the uh, unstoppable force and the immovable object, and on the other side, you've got the very stoppable force against the easily <laughs> movable object. Right. <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. And, you know, usually when it's a good offense versus a good defense, typically – is that good? It was yeah. Sweet. Was um, it's it a kind of it kind of advantage defense, mm-hmm. right? And then when it's a bad offense and a bad defense, I still think it's advantage defense. So I mean, I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be scrappy. I think it'll be similar to the Georgia game. I think mm-hmm. Auburn has a better chance to score more points against Georgia opposed to other teams or against against Alabama than they did against Georgia. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. I, I'm just really concerned about the big play. I'm really concerned about the big play. So we'll see. We'll see if Alabama spreads it out a little bit more, too, when, you know, when they're down a, a solid defensive back in the first half. And, you know, people tweeted at me yesterday, disagreeing with me and agreeing with you. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think when Auburn puts seven defensive backs on the field, if they play like they did against LSU, mm-hmm. he would be playing. Yeah. So and, and maybe they plan to kind of survive in the first half and do something a little different. And then when they get him back, maybe they pull out that scheme in the second half. I don't know. We'll see. But – Watching the personnel in the first half versus the second half against Alabama on Saturday is going to be, for folks that kind of like the nerdiness side of football, that's going to be fun to see what Kevin Seal does. Absolutely, especially when you throw in, in before the Auburn or before the LSU game. I'm not sure how much respect um, Kevin Steele and, and the defensive staff had for Clyde Edwards Alaire at LSU. I mean, he's really come on the last couple weeks. Let's just call him Darren Sproles. Okay. That cool? Yeah, that's fine with me. Okay. Uh, no, Najee Harris is a whole different beast. Najee Harris is a freak. This guy looks like, I mean, he's a Loch Ness monster. 
he's been incredible. He's unbelievable. These last, I mean, so I don't know if they'll want to do the three defensive or the three linemen and one linebacker with a guy in in Najee Harris who has just been tearing everyone up. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's not that's more for personnel, not where they're lining up. You know what I mean? So like they, they walk safeties up and they'll play close to the line of scrimmage. So it's still it's still like you got to block guys, but yeah, but from a weight standpoint, yeah, that's what I mean. Is it's got to be more difficult for like, a safety put, yeah, to tackle? Like, can you put two hundred pound guys in the box? Like I don't know, I don't know if you can or not. From a blocking standpoint, I don't think that's been a huge issue this year. Um. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. The personnel and, decisions are going to be fascinating. And there's also, I mean, K.J. Britt is probably your best. Yep. K.J. Downhill Britt, okay. excuse me. You're fine. Bad probably, nickname, sorry. <laughs> is probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, downhill Britt is probably your best run stopper, right? He plays downhill. He's the linebacker who plugs up those holes the best, probably. Yeah, but, I, I think it's him or Zacoby. Yeah, as far as run stopping, yeah. But, I mean, we saw in Which the Florida... Called, what, they, they call him Ricochet Rabbit now, yeah, apparently that's a thing. It was Jack Rabbit, and then during the game they were calling him the Ricochet Rabbit. That's incredible. <laughs> Have we not talked about that I yet? I don't know. Bad nickname. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so... <laughs> so uh, but we saw KJ Britt in coverage against Florida was just not great, and and I mean, and that was highlighted by you know a huge play, two of them. You're right, and yeah, and, and then you got Owen Papo, who's really been kind of their jack of all trades, all around linebacker this season, and he's had a very solid season as a true freshman, and I think he's their best coverage linebacker, not even close, and so. It's kind of that balance of when do you play K.J. Britt and Zacoby McLean and when do you play Owen Papo? When, you know, how do you best neutralize Najee Harris because he has been flat out destroying teams? You want some O Papo? I do. You like that? I do. All right, so Derek Brown has been listed as a finalist for six national awards, and they're big ones too. So he... um. He is a finalist for the Outland Trophy, the Bednarik Award, the Werfel Trophy. He's also a finalist for the Nagurski Trophy, the Pop Warner Award, and the Senior Class Award. And not to mention, he's also in the running for um, Player of the Year for the Locked On Auburn Podcast Awards. Oh, he's up for a few Lapas. Player of the Year, Moment of the Year. Um, Wait, what'd you call him? Lapas? <laughs> I'm all in. Locked on Auburn Podcast Awards. I'm all in. He's up for a n- number of them. It'd be Lopas, right? I was thinking it'd be like a like a little O. The O doesn't count? Yeah, like we just... Okay. Like it's like big L, little teeny O, and then all the other caps. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Prepositions don't matter here. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Do you think he's more pumped about being a finalist for the Atland or uh, some Lopas? Honestly, I think the one that probably matters the most to him is the pop warner award because he's a fantastic human being yeah yeah good for him yep why are you why are you making that face but then it's locked on auburn podcast awards yeah absolutely all right which you know they're coming up we haven't set a, a firm date yet but uh it'll be between it'll be between the iron bowl and 
the ball game. It'll probably be on like a random Wednesday when we're like, I don't know what we have to do, but we'll have to have some sort of a like a, a nominations show first, like when we release the the categories, the All final right. categories, and who's been nominated. Uh huh. And then the actual show. All right. Sweet. Where can people find you, bud? Uh, follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast. Yo! It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 